0: Get them ready, bro. All right, Kendall Bishop from the Risky Powerhouse.
1: Yo, what's Welcome good bro?
0: No, man, I've been chilling, man, chilling, you know, enjoying the weekend. How you doing?
1: You already know, man. Got the, my son due tomorrow, so I'm real excited. You know, what I mean, I just took a little bit of time, you know, my sleep about to really fade away. <laughs> so, giving you yeah. one of my last late late nights, bro. So. I appreciate you having me on the show, for sure. I see your growth. I see your um, effort to, you know, actually establish the uh, Val Conservation Network as a, as an actual entity. And, I mean, I'm full support, bro.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you, man. You know, anytime I need, you know, uh, help or some advice, you know, marketing, you know, try and get this thing off the, off the ground, I know exactly mm-hmm. who to call. You always answer, always text me back. You know, it don't matter what time of the night, you be up. So, I, you know, I appreciate that
1: for you as well. It's funny, man, I'm a a vampire out here. It seems like the work coming at night, bro, for me, most of the time, I work overnight as well. So I usually get most of my work done between like 4 a.m. and 8 a.m. So it's crazy, man. Right, right, now the work do
0: come at night. Yeah, let's get straight into it though, straight into it. So you are fairly new to this media space uh, from what I've seen. So would you consider yourself a media personality? Or are you a, a sports analyst? I know your, you know your YouTube page and what you do
1: is, is sports-driven. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of the content that I put out is analysis. Um, but when you think about the lane of me, the, the actual lane that I'm taking is opinion-based, and his opinion is driven by opinion more so than facts. You can use fat to create opinions. You know what I mean? So yeah. I try to give good education on you know, basketball in terms of the reasoning behind why I believe certain topics and, you know, hot deals and all of that type of thing, all those type of things. So mm-hmm. I think I'm more of a personality and an analyst in a way that um, my personality is kind of what drives, what kind of what brings into people that want to see what I'm talking about. You know, my personality is kind of what activates the people to want to get out of in the community of the Risky Powerhouse. So it's both, bro. You know what I mean? It's not really mm-hmm. one any one thing is a versatile it's a versatile um brand of entertainment
0: right at what at what age or time in your life did you really uh figure out oh i actually enjoy doing this this media this media thing or you know sports analysis this is something that i'm interested in and that i think i could pursue myself at what age or time period
1: um, actually, recently in the last three years, probably I'm 25 uh, and a half. So, I guess you could say I'll be 26 in June. Um, but it came recently, it started with just enjoying conversation with friends, family, you know, opposing people who th- had different views as me, arguing why I believe such and giving enough facts behind my belief to where they started to believe me. You know what I mean? It, it uh, first, it started with just those conversations, Facebook groups arguing with people and stuff like that, then I noticed, like, hey, I'm doing this for free. I might as well expose my thoughts, right. uh, start the record. So the recording part of it, like, I record, I edit, um, I purchase all of my own equipment. Like, I do all of the factors that it takes to get the content out. So it really didn't start, like, early. It started recently, like, the media part of it in terms of wanting to get a MacBook, getting the interfaces, editing, green screen, all of that stuff so right. it, it, it 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 stacked up over time we obviously grew up like in football and basketball and or whatever sport you grew up around for whoever whatever area you know I was watching for me in my area was basketball and football so i naturally attracted to the NFL and the NBA growing up so that's where it all started right. but in terms of actually wanting to get behind the camera wanting to edit the videos, wanting to get the content out to people, trying to build a brand and stuff. That's starting in the last three years.
0: Okay. How did you come up with the name Risky Powerhouse? And why do you spell it the way you spell it? It's, I know it's like, a, like like two S's, like two K's. You know, like, like. So what's the backstory behind that?
1: Um, okay, so the backstory is, if, if you know me personally, you know I didn't play basketball growing up, even though I was tall. Um, I'm six seven, so I'm taller than most mostly everybody that's that's that I'm a, that I come in contact with that I'm around, you know. So yeah. I didn't play basketball, I was in the marching band. So um after graduating high school, I went to college. I went directly into college, straight out of high school. I marched in the band for four years. College and you go in to? those four I went to Shaw University in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um went there for five and a half years, graduated from Shaw University, go Bears. Uh, yeah, we out here, man. But My first four years out of that five and a half, I marched in the band. And and within that four years, I pledged three different organizations that were band-driven. One is Snare Sci-Fi, which is a snare drum and multi-tenor organization, all about making the words great and the great better, playing playing snare drums in quintess, bro, basically. And then uh, Black Lion, which is a Virginia regional organization. And then Motown Funk Coalition, CIAA mass band organization, Sigma Eta Lambda Incorporated, which is a community mass band organization. So I've played a lot of different organizations, but um snare sci-fi, my my line name in Snare Sci-Fi is uh, Risky Stutters. And that name, um uh, uh, another bat, it's another backstory behind how I got that name, but I took the risky um because snare sci five, we're S-driven. Obviously, Snare Drum, S Drum, you know what I mean? Sa psi you know what I mean? So it's like the, the S's represent a lot in our organization. Uh, that's just a part of how I got the risky. The powerhouse came. Uh, I wanted to think of a creative way to describe what I wanted the people to be involved every time they read it. So mm-hmm. I wanted to find a way to get the people saying, "I'm in the what?" So like, I'm a big fan of Master P. So shout out to Master P, uh, the No Limit. It, uh, when, he, <laughs> when, when, when you when you watch um, the different evolution, like videos of the evolution of how he created the No Limit brand, the tank, you know, about it, about it. You see, the first thing you thought of was what? About it, about it, about it. 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 Like that's, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to create slogans. Um, wanted people to want to be in No Limit. I'm a part of the No Limit tank. It ain't no limit to my success. I can be a part of that. You know what I mean? And that's how he got his brand to grow where he had something to where people, I want to know limit change. I want to be a soldier. I'm a soldier. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I'm in the powerhouse. You know I'm risky. I got hot takes. I can think. I can give basketball analysis. I can argue with you. I can stand at. I can sit at the table with anybody and get my point across, and people will understand where I'm coming from. So anybody can be in a risky powerhouse. Anybody can be a part of the powerhouse. The powerhouse is a strong community. You get what I'm saying. So that's why I was thinking. That's why I was thinking when I was branding and when I was thinking of a name. I wanted to think of a name where people can be a part of it, grow into it, and the powerhouse is is the best description of that because we're a strong house, we're a strong community, and it's risky. You know what I mean? Okay. I
0: I actually like that. I didn't th- I didn't think about that at all when I you know seen you no know, risky powerhouse. I knew risky has something to do with you know uh, taking risk, hot take, something like that. But I like that. Yeah. I like that breakdown. Uh, so when did you first post your first YouTube video? December fourth, twenty twenty one. Okay, so it's been about what three
1: months, maybe December, January, February, about three Not, months. It's, it's been a month. And, it's been about two. It's been about about nine oh, no, weeks.
0: Five, five. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: About nine okay. weeks.
0: Okay. Um, so, you know, I watch a lot of sports media. I watch you know First Take, First Things First, uh, Matt Kellerman's, uh, uh, Rob, uh, Rob, uh, and and Jalen Rose. I watch them all, right? A lot mm-hmm. of them have their own personal biases of people that they just right. that they are gonna root for and they're gonna be a little you know biased toward like you know Stephen A got here. Right, right. right. <laughs> uh uh Shannon Shaw. got so, that's so bad, man. Hey look, that's that's goat James. <laughs> goat James. Skip guy oh, Skip got Tom Brady. Yeah. All right, so who do you got? Who who is somebody that you that you definitely go champion all the time, all the time. Now, obviously, you're going to give your, you know, your breakdowns. But, you now, know what I'm
1: saying. Now, I prepared, I did, I, I'm glad you gave me this question. And, and you know, I was prepared for the just how some of the questions were going to come. But I, didn't, I, was, I, I knew this, this moment was going to come in handy, so I went on ahead and did this. Um, I don't have an NBA team, so I'm from Norfolk, Virginia. Ken, my name Kendall Bishop. Um, I grew up on Holt Street, you feel me? And I didn't have an NBA team growing up, uh, because Virginia don't have any professional teams. We got the Norfolk Tides downtown, baseball. And I don't even watch baseball. So it's like I never had a team. So the first player that I grew into was clearly a player that everybody knew. Uh-oh. It was LeBron James. <laughs> hey, look. So 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 this was the guy, this is the guy that got me into basketball in terms of being a fan, following. Yep. each game you know keeping up with stats wanting to see somebody succeed in the playoffs it started with lebron when yep. i was young you know what i mean but me i don't have a team i watched the entire league i can watch a pelicans versus pistons game yep. with the top 10 players injured you know what i mean i can i try to get into the third and fourth levels of the teams of every team of all 30 you know what i mean so with that being said you know you know i want to see i want to see lebron win I want to see Yoke win. It don't matter if it's you know I got another LeBron guy. Yoke's a you know, bad boy. I got, I Yoke's got multiple. Bad boy. I got multiple broad joints. You know what I mean? Giannis. Okay. You know you got to get the Giannis. You got to get the Giannis. The, the traditional championship Giannis jersey because you boy. know he won his ring last year in this jersey. You know what I mean? He yeah. wore, held his Finals MVP in this jersey, so that's why I think that's valuable. I try to make sure I tap into the next the next generation, excuse me. Uh yeah, with the LaMelo ball. He's one of my favorite young players. Um, I want to see him grow into an MVP level player right now. He's in his first stage. A lot of people think he should have yeah. made the all-star team this year. Or he's up. Um, snow. but but you know, this is the growing pains though. Year two, you know, we know he had the media, he had the marketing, he got the stats. We just uh want to see him do more. So I I don't mind the coaches and the players not vote him in because he would have had to have been a reserve, you know what I mean? So yeah. him not getting in was a um, testament of the players and the coaches and the general managers. So uh he'll get in next year for sure and many okay. years to come. And then I got the Miami Heat hoodie on. So, you know, I got to show the love with the Jimmy Butler, uh, classic uh-huh. Miami Heat, Nike jersey, bro. So I try, to, I try to be consistent with every team, bro. I try to have a little bit of paraphernalia from every team. Yeah. Tatum been getting hot yeah. as of late. The Boston Celtics yeah. now three games over five hundred. Um, they starting to do well it over rolled, the, course of the last ten games or so. So it it, you know what I mean. I, I, I try to I try to get a little bit of team, uh, a little bit of stuff from each team, you know, so I can be ready for anything. You know, if you go off for a, a ninety point triple double, I can throw off throw on a Yoke jersey, get my video out, bone Tatum yeah. go for fifty, I can throw my Tatum on. I try to get every team. So yeah, and, so yeah, man. You asked me who was my guy, LeBron, my guy. Yeah. You know what I mean that's what all started that's what started all of this. But overall, I'm a fan of the entire league and I embody every team, all 30, bro.
0: Okay. All right. so in this media space, you know, most of the people on TV or just who have a platform, they usually speak on multiple on multiple sports or have the ability to at least, you know, cross over. Right. Uh is basketball the only thing you can talk about, or can you, you know, jump from basketball to football to maybe fighting to ufc boxing you know or are you or are you just basketball uh focused
1: okay so when i first started the risky powerhouse i wanted to tap into a direct group a direct market i wanted to narrow down as uh, i wanted to trim off as much fat off the edges as possible in terms of creating um, a core base of fans of people who wanted to actually come and see me talk about something and know exactly what they're getting when they come to the Risky Powerhouse. So that's what made me start talking about basketball. But overall, I was a football fan more than a basketball fan coming up. I talked about football more than basketball because of Peyton Manning. Marvin Harrison was my favorite player. I'm a Colts fan. So football, you 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 connect more to a team more with football. And that's kind of what attracted me as, at a younger age. You know, it's more the team concept. I want the Colts to win. You know, there's so many different players, so many different positions. Is you know, you kind of get the entirety. You talk about the entirety of the team success yeah. more so than in basketball where you individualize the numbers, MVP. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, so, um, yeah, it started with football, man. So, yeah, I, football, I'm tapped in. You know, I kind of strayed away from my, my viewing in terms of watching a, a boatload of football like I used to because I watch more basketball now. Because mm-hmm. the main thing I like about the NBA is that it provides content every day, even in the off season. From trades to to drafting, to the combine, to the summer league, to the preseason, to the first half of the regular season where everybody is excited the season. So you get to this stage where people fight for playoff position, ready to get to the all-star. Trade deadline. Trade deadline. You see what I'm saying? It's like so much heat going on and so much different stuff hitting the fan at one time. Whereas football, everything happens on Sunday. And then you talk about it on Monday. Maybe on Tuesday. But by Friday, you know, you get that Monday night game, you get that Thursday night game, but by Friday, Saturday, it's kind of like you talked about everything already. You're waiting on the next Sunday, whereas basketball provides content every day. Yeah. And that's what I like about the NBA. Um, I can't talk about football, you know what I mean, but I only talk about basketball because of those reasons.
0: You know what? I respect that. I respect that. I'd rather
1: <laughs> i rather somebody
0: be a be a, a master at that at that at that one at that one thing than to be I. At everything, if that makes sense. Like, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Um, I had a, I had a, what's a basketball question? Oh, so, uh, all right. So, do you watch basketball at every level from high school, college, NBA, overseas, or do you mainly focus on NBA?
1: In season, I only watch the NBA because, like I said, it provides content every day. Um, and the off season is where I started to tap into what happened over the course of the NCAA season, but that season is only thirty five games or or so. Then Mm -hmm. you get the tournament, so you can kind of get through the storyline of their season and and the gist more so than in the NBA, where so many games you got to be on top of the ups and downs of each player to be able to understand exactly what they're going to bring to the table as a player. Right? Uh, NCAA, I kind of leading into the draft. You know, once the play, once the finals is over, that's when I get into the NCAA. That's when I start diving in, um, getting the profiles of players, getting film from, from certain players that's supposed to be top picks or even bottom of the first round picks, depending on where they're going. Uh, if I think they're going to a situation where I think they can have, you know, be be they can flourish on a contending team, then I might dive in a little more. Okay. Um, but overall, you know, I get into the college players more so in the offseason than during the season until the tournament around the time of the tournament.
0: Okay. I got I got two hot topic questions to throw at you going to we'll get back into the risky powerhouse. All right, so the WNBA. Uh right now it's been a lot of talk about, you know, the salaries of the of the WNBA players. Right now it's, it's a hot story going on that uh I can't remember her name. I should have been more prepared. Ham Ham uh Ham the uh the uh, the female coach they used to coach for the Spurs. Mm-hmm. She now like one of the highest paid people in the NBA, in, in the WNBA period, like she makes like five times more than like the whole Becky Ham, Becky Ham, Becky Ham makes like five times more than the whole roster. Mm-hmm. So that brings to me the question of: Do you think the WNBA is underpaid? Is it just, or is it just because you know it is just mathematics, and like they just don't bring in the revenue that they should to. Garner the, the type of salary that they want. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, man. Look, bro, this this is all it is, man. You you get paid based on the gener- the revenue you generate. When you look at the NBA at year 25, Flares wasn't getting paid 50 million dollars. Flairs wasn't getting paid 10 million dollars. Right. Magic Johnson signed the and I, I want to say it was what 1985. Magic Johnson signed a 25-year, $1 million contract.
0: That's a crazy contract. <laughs>
1: that's that was crazy. the first $1 million contract in NBA history. Bro, yeah. people wasn't getting paid crazy. They was getting paid as, like, full-time workers in the – you know, the, the league started at 47. So if you go to the 67, that's 20 years. Bill Russell wasn't getting paid $500,000 a year, bro. He was getting paid like a full-time worker wouldn't be getting paid for a regular contracted job right now, $100,000. 60,000, 50,000. You had players in the NBA having jobs during the summer because they couldn't afford to. They didn't have insurance. They couldn't afford to just not work during the offseason. They had to work to keep being their families. You feel what I'm saying? So the WNBA right now, the WNBA started in 1996, right? Mm-hmm. So they are in year, they were actually the same year I was born. They're in year 26 or 25. They're bro. They're getting paid like how they're actually getting paid two hundred thousand dollars. Their highest paid player right now getting paid two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. if I'm not mistaken. They're ahead of what the NBA was at a year twenty five. That's how you got to look at it. See okay. the women they so they so quick to make it. Like oh those men over there are getting ten million and they're just feeding us the scraps. Right. You no, know, right. put in the work that those men, those same men put in. Right. Magic Bird, they put in a decade of work. To to get to Michael Jordan to be able to play on the Olympic team right. and make the league, you know what I mean? It, it was yeah. stepping stones. It was building blocks. Yeah. And right now, people people just looking at the the base number, like, oh, but no, they not they not comprehending exactly what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like some people some people understand that racism is happening, but they don't even understand what exactly of the racism is going on to them. Like, you know what I mean? Most of this stuff is like second, third, fourth level stuff that you got to be educated on. It's yeah. not just surface. You can't just look at it and know. You got to dig in to understand. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, most of this stuff with racism, sexism, all that stuff is all money, bro. If if, if we get to the same level, you can't look down on me. We look out of eye. You know what I mean? You can shame me, but I, but but your dollar is the same value of mine. That's that's where it all comes down to, like, the ignorance of how to get to a level of revenue where your, your kids is good, where you know how to have your son already making a full-time job worth of money by the time he leave the house. So he in college getting money, you know what I mean, on his own already working so that he could figure out how to get his money to another level. That's what it's all about, Just getting money, keep keep the money stacking and stacking. And the WNBA is in the, the first quarter century, the the first 25% of a century, you know what I mean? The right. NBA is in 75 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you can't expect to have the same results. Like that's what yeah. it all I said all that to say you can't expect the same result. You got to educate yourself on how you can boom your league. And being that we're in a social media era, they're going to grow faster than the NBA growing in the 80s and the 70s. You feel me? So they're ahead of the game anyway, bro. They they just are grateful. They, they want to fast track it. Instant oatmeal. No, you gotta you got to boil them oats. <laughs>
0: you got a point. You got a point. I think it all just comes down to it's just – what do people really want to watch? do I want to watch layups and the fundamentals? Me personally, I like basketball a lot, so I enjoy right. watching w nBA play but i'll but i be lying if I said that it's the same entertainment value as watching the worst nBA team. The worst nBA team will have more highlights than the best w nBA team and that's just being yeah. and that's just being you know honest you know N- nBA got dunks and the w a got layups. Like, even the best three-point shooters in WNBA can't compare to the best in the the NBA. I think it just comes down to entertainment value. And the ladies just have to look at themselves and just say, you know, it's going to grow. But they will never Mm -hmm.
1: be at the level of the NBA. It just won't won't be there. (laughs) At one point in time, the NBA was on tape delay. Like, they played the game on Tuesday, and then the game came on TV on Friday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, the season was over, like, two days ago, and I'm just now seeing the last game of the finals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. that's how it was. Like, it wasn't always how we see it now. It grew into generations of us being – like, my generation was probably the first because Mike, my when we were born, Mike was just getting back in the league. You know what I mean? So, yeah. our generation is probably, like, the real first generation of kids who was actually – from day one, like, groomed into the, the NBA, like, watch this, like, love this. Yeah. Watch these players value this entertainment. Like, we probably the first generation of that. And now we 25. We about to have kids. And guess what? We watch basketball. They're going to watch basketball. It's the same thing with the WNBA. They, they're just getting their kids getting ready for the WNBA since birth. Like, they're just getting to that point where the NBA was 30 years ago. Right. So, yeah, that's all it is, bro. Okay. All uh, right, Ben Simmons.
0: Ben Simmons is uh is holding out. You know, he, he feels a certain type of way. He feels as if you know the 76ers did him wrong. You know, Coach Doc Rivers came out and uh you know, spoke kind of you know spoke a little down, you know, saying that he didn't know if Ben Simmons can win a championship with him. And B was like, you know, the series changed when you know we had a layup, they passed it off and the other team went down and scored. That's when the series changed. Pretty much throwing subliminals at Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons said, I ain't coming back to play for y'all. And he's losing a lot of revenue. You know, losing a whole year's worth of money. Uh, and people have been putting pressure on the Sixers to make a change because they're saying you're going to waste a year of Embiid's prime. All right, now how do you feel about this Ben Simmons situation? Do you think the 76ers should go ahead and trade him? Or they should hold on to him. And do you feel like Ben Simmons was doing anything wrong?
1: Yeah, they both. I feel like they both handling it terribly. <laughs> First of all, okay, I'm gonna give you an example. Right, you're in the army, right? Yeah. Let's say you you on watch, right? Tonight is your night to do watch, and you on watch, and let's say you doze off, bro. not nothing happen. Nothing happens, but you just get caught in the fact in, in the in the act of being asleep on watch. Yeah. Right. They call you in. They're like, hey, Ryan, man, you know, you would sleep on watch. You know, this is the first time this ever happened. You've been in the army for however much time. La, 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 la. It's your first violation. So we ain't going to take it there this time. Yeah. But I just need you to know that you slipping. You doing wrong. I need you to do right. You like, man, I did wrong and they going to talk about it. Y'all mm-hmm. got a nerve to like tell me I did wrong. Yeah. That's how Ben Simmons reacted. Like, Bro, you played terribly. The, the team depended on you to play well, and right. you didn't. and we said, yeah, he didn't play well, like we need him to do more, like we need more from him, and, and you, you felt some type here. of way about it <laughs> <laughs> And you felt some type of way about it, so I mean he let me also say this: he wasn't the only reason they lost that series. No. however, he he was highlighted, but yes, <laughs> he he uh, he handled it wrong in a way that you got called out on your on your stuff. you know, you need to be a man. Grab yourself, scoop your stuff up off the ground, walk back in there with your chin up, take that fire. You know what I mean. Come back and be better. And and when you be better, people are gonna say, man, that was a moment in his career that really, you know, launched into a, a level of being. You know, it could have went a lot better for him if he would have took that approach. For the sure, the team is bad. The team is bad on the way that, in a way that they okay, they took the angle of we done with this dude. Yeah, but you didn't get rid of him in a timely fashion to where now Ben wanted to get out. He already knew he wanted to leave as soon as the game was over. As soon as they said, we can't win with him, I don't know if he's good enough to help us win the championship next year, uh, all those things. As soon as they said that stuff, the whole organization took the – and they offered him in a trade before the season started last year for James Harden. They offered him in a trade, him in the first-round pit for James Harden. Oh, so know. you also got to keep that in mind. So Ben Simmons was already like, okay, they were about to, they were about to trade me. You know what I mean? If if the yeah. deal would have went through, so you know, get me out of here. Like y'all already wanted to get me out of here. It didn't work in the playoffs this year. You know, we was the number one season. It ain't work, get, go ahead, get me out of here. You feel me? Yeah. Y'all already want to trade me. Trade me now before the draft, so that wherever I go, they can draft accordingly. Uh, whoever you get in return, you can start building your team in the draft accordingly and in free agency. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to trade him before the draft. Holding on to try to get, quote-unquote, more, they turned down a deal with Malcolm Brogdon. I think it was Malcolm Brogdon and two first-round picks from Indiana. They turned that deal down. They turned down the deal of D'Angelo Russell, Jaden McDaniels, um, Malik Beasley in the second from Minnesota. They could have got that from Minnesota. You know, they, they turned down a few deals. They turned down a Sacramento deal. But they go Buddy Hill, Marvin Bagley, and two firsts or something like that. So they turned down a lot of deals to where they could have made their team better. With and B. you don't really – you're not going to get the value of Ben Simmons straight up. You're not. not what you ahead. have to do, though, you have to get a package that helps what the team is now. So now at least they get to see how the team operates without Ben. Now they can see what they need to improve, which is defensively on the wing and maybe a little bit more guard play. So yeah. you need to get a deal that helped the team not necessarily is equivalent to being Simmons. Right. But, yeah, they both they both doing bad and the, They both did awful in how they reacted to one another. Ben, once they call you out on your stuff, you're supposed to mm-hmm. pick up yourself and come back better, not say, oh, well, get me out of here. And the organization, once you take that stance, you were supposed to accordingly get the health – because that's when you're going to get the healthiest deal early, you know. Mm-hmm. Once it come out and the draft coming up, teams want them to give out a little more because they, they can prepare for their future better. When they got the draft, when they got the free agency, and all of those things, so yeah, yeah they both handled it terrible, bro.
0: Do you think it's uh, it's it's going to be setting a bad precedent if if the, if uh, if the Sixers buckle and just trade him, and Ben Simmons got what four years left on his deal? Is it setting a bad
1: precedent? No, because you already, as an organization, took the angle of we we can't use this guy and what we're trying to do. Did the they, organization or did they just kind of critique him? They they offered him for James Harden. Oh, see, I didn't. Okay, the I about that. started. I forgot about that. And then after the season ended, they said, "Yeah, we. Oh, yeah, it's clear that we can't win with this guy. Like the the, the general manager, the coach, the star player. Like,
0: yeah. See, they, when they did that, they, they, they clearly took value. To, to the
1: angle. You gotta get rid of him, then, it But does. see, the value of the value of Ben Simmons to Philly really is not the same value of a Ben Simmons to a team that don't have a star player that's, that can bring him in and build around them. You get right. what I'm saying? He's more valuable to them, so. Like, the Kings, they awful with the pieces that they got. So, I'll give up De'Aaron Fox. Buddy want to leave? I might as well throw him in the package. You know what I mean? It's kind of that attitude I don't think when it, you I don't, know. It, it was Fox in that package? No, I think it was Buddy. I think yeah, it was Buddy. Fox, Fox a game changer. Buddy. <laughs> but he, he actually came out this season on a, on a slump. You know what I mean? He yeah. performing lower than his expectations. So, yeah. you, just, you just never know, man. But Yeah, man, you never know, man. Like, I don't think it's setting a bad precedent. The player want to go because of a, the reaction of him to not only his play, but the reaction of the organiza- to the organization. You can't yeah. say, that's like telling your wife, look, man, I want to divorce you, man, this is done. And then you expect her, once you be like, nah, I, don't, I, don't, we, I ain't found nobody better. <laughs> yeah. I ain't found nobody better. You know what I mean? I was yeah. just kidding. Just come, on, just come on in and be the best wife you could be and cook and <laughs> clean and work as hard as you can. She's going to look at you like, bro, no, like nah, yeah. you know what I mean.
0: Okay, that makes okay, okay, okay. Now that you bring it to me like that. I feel you because I was on the side of Nah, bro. Like you, you, you signed a what, five-year contract. You, you signed the max, and now you want to leave after a mm. year because we didn't a couple things about you. That's obviously true. Yes, you, you need to shoot more. Mm. You know, get a jump shot. You know, we paying you. We paying you all this money. You know, critique comes with that. At some point, you gotta look yourself in the mirror and say, "Man, I've been I've been lead for five years, six years. I still ain't got a jump shot yet." Like, uh, right? There is some credence to what they're saying. But you know what? Now that you bring it down to me like that, the whole wife scenario, and that's that's kind of the same thing. So I I, I understand that. I get that. I get that. I get that. All right. You know Back to risky powerhouse. So powerhouse baby. Risky powerhouse. Uh. So where do you see this thing going man like it's like what do you see the youtube channel and just you as a personality like what do you see your brand going to
1: okay so right now we're um as as a channel i have a uh, 1361 sub- total subscribers uh like i said I, I dropped my first video on december 4th um it's february 6th right now so uh, the growth is, is steadily, is uh constant and steady. And what I want to do with the channel is obviously I, I'm becoming, um, an entertainment, uh, brand. And in the way that how, ha- in the way that I create my content, like I told you, I, I produce my own videos. Um, I edit my own videos. I uh, I do everything on my own, bro. So is that, so, I'm that something important to you? That's something important to me because, yes, because I'm teaching myself not only how to how to be behind the camera, but I'm teaching myself the intangible things with the camera that you have to do to be able to launch shows. So when you start getting into doing live shows, when you start getting into uh, signing contracts to to uh, work with, partner with other shows, partner with other companies to do different, do different activities and different deals, um, I bring more to the table than just being behind the camera and making people laugh or entertaining the people who who's interested in basketball or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's more than just that. Uh, we can take the powerhouse. I'm um, taking the low I just got a logo made. Just got my introduction made. I'm trying to work on different ways to create not only just videos but give more of a show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the finals coming up this year. I'm trying to arrange something now. I got something brewing now. Where um, I'm creating a panel, and we can get something going that's similar to um, Have you ever seen uh, Open Court on NBA TV? Yeah, yeah, they got something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that with more. You you know, I'm trying to get a panel of content creators and other people who have in-depth thoughts and passionate about the NBA, just as passionate as I am. You know, about their knowledge of the NBA. Try to get all these guys on a panel, um, execute the show, um, edit the camera cuts, add backgrounds give the theme song, you know, it's more than just myself getting behind the camera and just talking about basketball. You know, I'm trying to really build the business of w- the Risky Powerhouse LLC in turn of branding for the clothing apparel line, for the media company, for the actual entertainment of the Risky Powerhouse, the video that I actually make themselves. Okay. Um, it's a lot more than just that. Um, I'm working on actually starting an after school program um, here in Raleigh, North Carolina to where I'm taking my talents not only with, like I said, the media and creating and editing and the cameras and all of those things, but I'm taking my tangible gifts with drumming, with music, with band, and creating a curriculum to where I could teach the next generation how to do these things that I'm teaching myself. Good. But I'm taking the I'm taking the Risky Powerhouse, I'm taking the Risky Powerhouse, and I'm um, actually creating a, a nonprofit out here, at after-school program um, uh, to where I'm creating the multimedia circuit, the apparel, the clothing apparel line, um, the actual entertainment with the content that I produce on Instagram, the videos themselves and my tangible gifts in terms of marching band, music, drums, teaching, um, tapping into the next generation. You know, I want to use the Brisky Powerhouse to launch the leader of the Pat nonprofit. And I want to intertwine teaching All of the things that I'm learning in this process of building a risky powerhouse, as well as producing quality content and quality uh, 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 product. You know what I mean? So you got to it's not only selling a dream, you know, Master P, bro. Master P said it's easier to sell a product than it is to sell a dream. So what that means is when it's easier to get people to see this jersey right here and buy this tangible jersey than it is to get people to buy the name Jason Tatum. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, Jason Tatum never played in the NBA, never got on the NBA platform, and he was just talking to people, trying to get people to, you know, be a part of his law firm that he created or or whatever other angle he, or whatever other um, business he could have got into. It's hard to get people to get into that if you don't have a product that they can latch on to. So I'm trying to create product. I'm trying to teach. I'm trying to give the content. It's more than just the videos that I create for sure. Yeah. I'm trying to really create a strong brand.
0: Okay. Who are some of your, uh, influences and inspirations? Like not just in media, but just in life.
1: Some of my influence and inspirations, uh, I guess I mentioned Master P. Uh, I have to mention, um, my cousin, Naeem Wilkins is definitely an inspiration. Um, he's, uh, the owner of the Keep Going Apparel line, uh, one of the, one of the first companies that uh, the Risky Powerhouse is partnered with, and we're trying to figure out innovative ways to, you know, grow both of our brands together and uh, figure out how we can tap into, like I said, not only our age group, but the generation that's up and coming. Because like I explained with the WNBA, you got to tap into that generation that's growing up in two, you know, so that they can take their kids and say, hey, I wore polo growing up, mm-hmm. so you should like polo. Now the kids buying polo. That's how it works, bro. Right. It's like tapping into the generation before so that your stuff in the next 10 years can actually have healthy, health a healthy core base of fans. And so yeah, man, Master P, uh guys like Birdman, Rick Ross, uh, my my cousin Ian Wilkins, my father, definitely a bit inspiration because of his his business acumen in terms of his mentality of the physical drive of what it takes to uh, be successful in anything you do. Uh, All of that type of, all of those things. Yeah, anybody that's all about getting it on their own, like creating a lane, creating an avenue to where they can do what they want to do. Even if you got to do things that you don't want to do to fund your own dreams, don't be an employee forever. Remember, if you don't take anything else from this interview, just take this. Be an employee to fund your own dreams if that's what it takes. But don't be an employee forever, man. It's all about creating your, taking yourself, creating something that you want to do. And even if you got to work in a warehouse or work on a boat or even if it's being in the army to get to the next step, you know, to do what you truly want to do for yourself. uh, Do that as long as you got to do it. Work hard while you're in it. And, you know, it'll pay off in the end once you start your own stuff.
0: OK. All right. I'm going to give you. Uh, like maybe three or four, maybe even five. Just rapid fire NBA questions, and I want you just to answer mm-hmm. them uh, quick, quick, brief answers. we am gonna get up out of
1: here. All right. Problem with yes, the Lakers? Other problems with the Lakers? Why are the Lakers Problem? trash this year? <laughs> the Lakers is trash because of their they sacrifice the defensive the defensive uh, concept of their team because last year they felt like when LeBron and Anthony Davis was out, they didn't have enough offense. Um, so they sacrifice their defense, their defensive players for offensive players. So now their team defense is trashed as a unit. And then when you add on the fact that LeBron and Anthony Davis are top two players and they've only played three games together. They're 3-0 and when they play together, but they only played three out of the 48, 45, however many games they've played so far. Right. They only played three together. So that's been an issue. And then the other issue is Russell Westbrook played every game. And he played thirty-five minutes a night, <laughs> and he, he he turned the ball over too much. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's in his Russell Westbrook's deficiencies directly impact losing, and his his deficiencies are inefficiency from everywhere, eight feet and out, high like low inefficiency, like not just normal, like bad, like he's bad everywhere, and he's bad with high volume, and then he can't hit free throws, and he turned the ball over too much. So, um, yeah, his deficiencies directly impact losing. Russell Westbrook and their team defense are the two biggest issues. And then when you consider LeBron and F. Davis haven't been on the floor at the same time, they need both of those guys to win, bro. Yeah. To have a chance to win. Not, I'm not saying to win a championship. I'm just saying to win any night, any given night, they need both of those guys. Right.
0: All right. Facts, facts, facts. Okay. Is, uh, is Memphis legit or are they just – a good story for the you know, regular season.
1: Okay, I like what, uh, I like the question, but I, I need I need more I need more.
0: Uh, is Memphis I is need, Memphis I, a real contender this year, or uh, is all there or, we
1: go, or 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 go. is
0: their dominance right now just kind of some regular season stuff? Like it's like okay, we gotta you think it could translate to the playoffs.
1: Okay. Yes, I do think they can be a. I think they can get out of the first round for sure. I think the second round would be tough, but they definitely have a chance. Uh, when you watch the playoffs over the last five seasons, mm-hmm. every year somebody major goes down. You know, so what you want to do with your team is just make sure you one piece away. You know, you want to make sure because most teams not going to have a Giannis, a LeBron, a Kevin Durant, a Steph. Right. You know, you don't. Have, it's only about six or seven true number one options in the league. And if you don't have one of those guys, it's 30 teams. If you don't have one of those seven guys, what you have to do is have a plethora of depth, which Memphis has, versatility at every position, which Memphis has. So that if, if Steph Curry go out there and Draymond get hurt in the first game, now it's ball parts. for Memphis. is right there for Memphis. You know, they can go get it. When you look at how Toronto won a championship, Golden State had to get hurt for that to happen. Yeah. You know, when you look at when Milwaukee won, Brooklyn had to be beat up for them to get there. Even when you look at the Lakers, the Rockies was beat up and Miami was beat up in the bubble. So it takes a little bit of luck, bro. But so with that being said, I think Memphis is right there. I think they're a team that's one piece away. Um, they're one piece away so that – so when they get into a tough series with a team that's better than them, obviously a little bit of luck is going to have to happen. But I think they're definitely – uh, what they're doing right now can translate into the playoffs because of the versatility of their lineups. And you got to keep in mind the the standard. Like, what is their expectation? Keep that in mind. Like, I know they've been playing well for the last 20 games, but before the season started, this wasn't expected. Memphis was at like, A.C. the last two years. Even when you look at the bubble year, they didn't make the playoffs technically. But the Portland it was a half, it was a shortened season, and the Portland Trailblazers played one more game than the Memphis Grizzlies did. They had one more win, but they also had one more loss. So technically the Memphis Grizzlies had a higher win percentage meaning they should have been the seed that went against the Lakers in the first round yeah. but you know how the league works they wanted Dane versus the Lakers because Dame is, was a superstar putting up 50 at the time mm-hmm. and he it was a more marketable story for the bubble right. so so Memphis been an AFC the last 2 years they lost against Utah last year but they 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 are a young team so them even being the top four seed in the Western Conference is an overachievement right now. Getting out of the first round should be the standard for them. To meet. Mm-hmm. Conference Finals is real. It's realistic with their yeah. talent, with their versatility. But yeah, man, I think they're I think they're real, bro. I think they're real.
0: Okay, I'm I'm anxious to see them in the playoffs. I think I think they're alive, and all it takes is like like you said, one or two injuries to
1: happen, and
0: they can really. And get- let me
1: also. And let, let me also say this. I don't mean to cut you off. When, we, when, I, when I said the word expectation, this is what I meant. Like, we can't, I expect them to lose this year. I don't expect them to win the championship. Mm-hmm. However, it's how when you say you're interested to see how they perform in the playoffs, it's how you lose. It's one thing not being good enough and you just lose and playing awful and underachieving and losing like the Knicks did mm-hmm. last year. I don't think the Memphis Grizzlies are the Knicks. I think the Memphis Grizzlies are going to come hard. They're going to play hard. They're going to, you know, defend. They got Biggs. They got Steven Adams. You can drop Janet Jackson Jr. down to the five. He can shoot. You got Desmond Bain, big body on defense. You got Dylan Brooks coming back into the lineup. Job playing at an MVP level individually. And then you got a nice bench with Tyus Jones. You got Brandon Clark coming off the bench. They got a lot of long athletic players. They got a lot of defensive players. Steven Adams clogging up the lane. So I think they could truly, I think, I don't think they're going to be like the Knicks. I think they're going to be a uh, 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 high achieving, a high performing playoff team.
0: Yeah. I see, I see, the, I see their downfalls potentially being uh, lack of talent as far as just not having enough stars and just inexperience. Inexperience. In experience. Yep. All right. Uh, question number three uh, In our lifetime, you know, both of us are LeBron fans. You know, but this, this question is not a LeBron question. We've seen the dominance and the consistency of greatness uh, displayed by the Spurs. And now we've seen, you know, now that their Hall of Famers are gone, Kawhi is gone. Uh, Pop seemingly is out the, out the window soon. Are, are we in the last or, or have we seen the best of the Spurs? Or do you see them eventually getting back to that? consistent winning seasons, consistent playoff runs, or is that over with?
1: I think um, we have seen the best of them. When you say have we seen the best, I think the best of them, when you look at Tim Duncan, it's hard to find a player, bro, that can be that consistent, that dominant, that 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 efficient, offensively and defensively, that unselfish, you know, that um, willing, you know, for 20 years, bro. 20 years, this dude was a 15 time all defensive player. <laughs> yeah, he's a 15 time all NBA performer, bro. Yeah. So, he sustained a level where it's hard to get to individually just for one year. He sustained that level for 20. Look, no, so when no, you look, no flash, he just got straight to it. No flash, just straight. And, it. and, and, and Kawhi Leonard set their franchise back 10 years when he left. <laughs> Yeah. Real talk. If, if, if Kawhi right. Leonard stays, if Kawhi Linder stays, Tony Parker never goes to the Hornets. Tony would have still faded away soon with, within the next two years. But you know, Ginobili, you know, they would have they would have kept everything intact and they would have retooled everything better with Tony fading out, Ginobili fading out, Kawhi signing a five year deal. Yeah. You know, now you're gonna get now you're gonna get some people that come in and be a part of the Spurs way. You know, so or I think, well, or about ten.
0: Or you can say that the Spurs dodged the bullet because Kawhi can't stay healthy no more.
1: Yeah, but but when you got to think about what he can bring to a team, Kawhi Leonard was low managing. He got it from the Spurs. The Spurs were putting him down, sitting him down with Tony Parker, with Tim Duncan, yeah. Boris Diaw, Patty Mills. All of them were resting throughout the course of the year first. They were the first franchise officially doing that. When they were going – those years, they were going against the Heat because they had an older team. You know, they wanted everybody to be healthy in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So, this didn't start when he started getting hurt with the knee in 2017. So, I think Kawhi with the Spurs would have been right in his lane. He would have been right where he wanted to be. But one thing we know, when the Spurs got enough talent, just enough talent – they don't got to have a lot, but they got to have enough. And they overachieve with that enough. So, they would have still been winning games even when he stood out, bro. They would have been all on one accord because that's where he got it from. You know what I mean? It would have been nothing new. I don't think the Spurs are going to ever get back to what we've seen in terms of winning 60 games every year, top three seed for a decade straight, you know, 22 straight playoff appearances, five championships, seven finals appearances. I don't think they can get back to that, bro. But do I think they can get back to the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, every organization had their ups and downs, even the best of them. Right. When you look at the Boston Celtics in, in the first five years of the 2000s, you know, they were one of the greatest franchises ever. When you look at the Lakers from 2013 through 2017, 18, that five-year stretch, they made the playoffs six years in a row. They were that trash. Yeah. When you look at – when you look at every team, if you name a team right now, I could tell you the years they won and the years they lost. Every team go up, every team go down. And it's just some teams that never get all the way over the hump. Like Orlando, they made it twice; they never won. Memphis never won. Uh, a couple other organizations, but yeah, man, you get what I'm saying. Every yeah. every organization fluctuates.
0: Okay. You think the Warriors can get another championship within the next three years?
1: Yes. A lot of got a you need you need talent, you need discipline, you need luck, and they got and, and they got two of the three already. When right. you look at it, just like I mentioned with the, the, when I, what I mentioned with, okay, let me explain some second level stuff. This, this is why y'all need to join the Risky Powerhouse, subscribe Uh-oh, as soon as y'all can and, and lock in. But I'm about to dig in the back pocket right here. When, when the Warriors traded Kevin Durant, right, I'm gonna take you to some second level stuff. They, they did a signing trade for D'Angelo Russell, knowing that D'Angelo Russell wasn't gonna be on the team with Clay and Steph. They knew that when they traded for him, right? But what it did was they could have lost Kevin Durant. And that's $33 million worth of contract talent leaving that you can't replace by just signing somebody off the street because you're already over the salary cap. So the Warriors can't sign nobody. They can't just – if, if James Harden wanted to go to the Warriors next year, it would have to be a signing trade because the Warriors will have to give up some money to get him in. They can't just sign him because they already paying so much money to other players, Right. So what they did by signing D Lo was stay in the same contract level of talent, right? You traded D for Andrew Wiggins, which was probably uh the talent probably right there, you know, top two picks. Neither one of them franchise players, but they both good and they own right for their positions, right? Mm-hmm. But what the Warriors did was they kept that same level of contracts, but at a different they just filled in the position they needed, which was the small port instead of the point guard. Right. Now you got Steph back making 50 million a year, 49 million a year. He's the MVP. You got Clay back making 39, 41 million dollars a year. He's the all star. You still got Kevin Durant's contract value in Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman combined because if you take their contracts and put them together, it's Kevin Durant's contract. But when you look at the talent that they bring to the team in terms of what they can do tangibly, they, they never lost their level. They were just hurt for the last two years. You get what I'm saying? So now that they're starting to get everybody back, what we're seeing, along with getting the talent back that they never lost, they've been grooming second-round picks, first-round picks, and Jordan Poole, Damon Lee, Toscano Anderson. Kevon Looney been getting a chance to play a lot of minutes the last couple years because uh, of the team being hurt. Uh, Draymond been with the team since. He never stopped playing. So he's been leading these young guys, telling them, look, when Steph Clay come back, this is what's going to happen. This is how y'all need to play this. So now we're seeing what? The role players are what? They're not just role players. They're good enough to be starters because they've been playing as, what? Starters for the last two years. So yeah. now your starters, your starters on the eighth-seeded Warriors team last year, ninth-seeded Warriors, play-in team Warriors last year, now that's your bench. And now your real starting lineup is coming back. Mm-hmm. That That's why they're so good, bro. Okay, contracts, bro. They know how they 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 should. Joe Lacob, their general manager, is a one, bro. He kept them contracts, and they and yeah, they paid two years of crazy contracts to be in the lottery. Yeah, they did. But that lottery picking James Wiseman was worth it. And then keeping paying for those two years is going to keep them in championship contention for the next four years. So, yeah, man, they can they can definitely win a championship. Need a little bit of luck, but they got the coaching. They got the defense. They got the offense. They got the talent. They got the depth bench, bro. Any sky's the limit, bro. They can win. Multi, they could win multiple if things go their way. All
0: right, I got one last question before you. I got one last question for you before I let you go, right? So a lot of people discount LeBron in the GOAT conversation solely based on rings, rings, and final appearances versus final wins. They say LeBron lost too much, you know, to be considered to go. MJ, six and six, one of the hottest debates on TV right now. It's going to be timeless. You know, so when people say Braun lost too much, he can't be the GOAT. What's your response?
1: OK, so you got to clarify the, um, the GOAT debate. Like, you got to clarify what you're talking about, because most people, they don't even know what they're really arguing when they ask that question. And they don't really have the true the true explanation. So the fastest thing to do is say, oh, well, Mike went to six finals and he lost six. He lost none. He won six he six and zero. Oh, LeBron four and six. But then I can ask you, how many players, how, how many players since the NBA merger led 10 finals teams? Because the only player to do it is Bill Russell, and there was only eight teams in the league. Hmm. Nobody, nobody, since there have been 30 teams in the league have led listen to the words, have led more than five finals contending teams since there have been 30 teams in the league. You got to also consider, It's it's a lot of factors to consider. LeBron's first year was the first year, the first round had seven games. So LeBron never in his career played a five-game series, never, five games. So think about over the course of 15 playoff runs, 17 playoff runs, that longer first round adds up to where you see him now he waking up with a swollen right knee you get right. what i'm saying right okay another thing um michael jordan is the goat because of his ceiling of his prime when you take mike's best seven to ten or 11, 12 years and you look at him just as a player and what he was on the floor for those years he yeah. is the single best individual player and everything tells you this the attest, test basic stats advanced analytics mike Mike was leading the league in scoring, get, getting five or six rebounds, five or six assists, while also being the best defender in the league, getting three steals and a block at guard, shooting 50% from the field while also leading the league in PER, leading the league in offensive win shares, over four defensive win shares, leading the league in offensive box plus minus, total box plus minus, and value of replacement player. But seven years straight, when you look at the entirety of the players' careers, in terms of Mike and LeBron, this is a question that I asked one of my older friends who's closer to, you know, 39, 41 years old. He's somewhere in that, in that uh, ballpark. I asked him, would you rather sell a million dollars for 13 years or would you rather sell $750 a year for 18 years or 19 years? Because Mike have, might okay. have, Mike have, Mike have, Thir- 15 total seasons. Yeah. Two of those seasons, one was one – was, uh, two was in Washington that were good seasons for his age, but they weren't great seasons. Then he got 13 seasons of high-level, impossible level of su- sustainability that he achieved, right? Mm-hmm. But LeBron – LeBron have his rookie year where you could say he wasn't top level. But the last – he's a year 19 right now. The last 18 consecutive seasons, LeBron James have been slightly less than what Michael Jordan was at his best. Now, LeBron have about three or four seasons where he actually achieved the level that Mike achieved and sustained it for the course of the whole season. So he don't necessarily have – he never – you can't say he never really achieved Mike's level because he did. And then when you look at how long he's lasting – that's where he's going to outlast Mike in terms of the greatness. He's outlasting Mike in terms of the greatness because it's not just a finals argument. More players prove more in losing than they do in winning. And this is what I mean. When you look at any NBA career, every single NBA player, stars, all the stars, I'm talking stars, Magic Johnson, Kobe, Tim, they all lost more than they won. Even Mike, they all lost more than they won, every single one. But when you look at what they proved within those losses and within the wins that they did achieve, that's how you determine their greatness. So when you look at a player like Jason Kidd, for example, you know, he led two finals teams with the New Jersey Nets. Um, He got there, but he never really won. He was the best at his position, fighting for the top spot of his position for about a decade, and he won one with dirt on the backhand as a role player. So nobody elevates Jason Kidd to a Steph Curry level or to a Maddie Johnson level or to an Oscar Robertson level because he never won like Isaiah Thomas did as the best player on his team. You get what I'm saying? Right. So when you look at LeBron, he lost six championships, but his stories within those 10 finals appearances. Think about this. It's 30 teams in the league. LeBron James was in the finals every year consecutively from the time I was in eighth grade to the time I graduated college. Crazy, right? Crazy. He then leave Cleveland and go again after I was out of college. LeBron James is the epitome of what the finals level is. Real yeah. talk. Every, all of his stats, like, you can't, you can't find one season where you can say LeBron had empty stats where his stats weren't impactful. And I'm talking about the level. Like, look at his, his tangible – I'm talking his tangible production. He never had one season where his numbers were empty, where he didn't impact a level of winning. All of his teams that he go to – all of his teams that he played with, he raised them to a level of championship contention. We see that even after he got Anthony Davis, the Lakers struggled to hold a 500 level without LeBron James. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're a below playoff team without him, even with Anthony Davis, even with Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram, and even those Cleveland teams with Kevin Love and Kyrie were trash without him. You know what I mean? So it's like, Every year he got a standard of going to the finals and he have extended that standard so long we just used to it. And that's his greatness, bro. His greatness is that he always overachieved expectation. Mike didn't have the expectation that LeBron had. When you look at Le- LeBron's career starts at 18 years old. Mike's career starts at 21 years old. LeBron's second season he was at 27 7 and 7. Mike as a rookie averaged 28 7 and 6 or 6 and 6. So from the time LeBron was 19 years old, he was already just as good as Mike at 22 years old. That's why when you look at their numbers at their age, it, it don't add up. LeBron's greatness is every single age, he's the best player at that age to ever play. He's the best 16-year-old to ever be in, in 10th grade. He's the best 17-year-old to be a junior. He's the best senior of basketball that we've ever seen. He's the best 18-year-old. 19-year-old, 30-year-old, 31-year-old, 35-year-old, 37-year-old. He's the best.
0: He definitely the best at that age.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, we can make an argument for, like, ages 27 through 30, because, like I said, Mike is the highest ceiling. So you could probably take Michael Joy, age 27, 28, 29, 30. But LeBron going to have more seasons from 16 years old to 40. LeBron is going to have more seasons. Mike might, might have that prime, those prime years, 26, 27, 28, 29. But Braun will have all the years after and he'll have all the years before. So that's his greatness. People don't know how to explain the greatness. Like when you look at LeBron's numbers and Mike's numbers, both of their numbers were all achieved playing championship level basketball where they were willing to either wheel their a team to a ceiling where they weren't supposed to be mm-hmm. or they actually had enough talent to where they could get there and and actually do what it takes to play championship-level basketball, you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, man, that's that's those guys great. Both of them are great players. We'll never, ever see another LeBron James. We'll never, ever see another Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. But people just don't know how to explain why Mike the go. People don't really know how to explain why LeBron case is... LeBron got a case. His case is the length of how long he's sustaining now, bro. Like, it's not... And, and, and yeah, bro, it's, they, they got a lot of things that they're the only player to do. They got a lot of things that you know, a lot of records, but Braun's totality is just about to be so heavy, bro. He about to have 40,000 points, bro. 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists. He's the only player in NBA history that had 18,000 points, 8,000 rebounds, and 8,000 assists. He the only player that had 18, 8, and 8. He, he about to have 40, 10, and 10, and he got all these numbers competing for championships, bro. Yeah. Like, he's 37 years old, they 500, and we like, dang, Braun, you got to do more. Yeah, What 37-year-old averaging – he got the most 30-point games in the league right now, and he missed, like, 18 games. Right.
0: <laughs> hey, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. It's
1: Bron- am crazy, man. That's, that's, that's my dude, man. And see, that's why I like
0: Bron, man, because Bron is a past first player, but he about to have the
1: most points in NBA history. That's not true, bro. He's not a pass first, but he's a willing passer. He's a willing passer, bro. He's not a pass first. Well, let me a not pass say first pass is first, Ball. but he's, he's not. Passer.
0: He's not. He's not coming down. He's Nine not. Every time. Yeah, like he's not coming into the game saying, "I'm about to drop thirty five on him." He he's not saying that every night. He want to yeah, get
1: involved, and he gonna do what he
0: do. You know when the time comes.
1: You know, but the but the verbiage matters, bro. You got to use the right words, bro. You said he'll pass first. Oh sorry, Jason Kidd to pass first. Chris Paul I mean, to pass first. LeBron he's is a, a willing passer.
0: He's a make the right play first. And not just Will. I'm gonna take the ball and I'm shooting this I'm shooting it regardless. Kobe, Kobe, shout out to Kobe. I'm
1: gonna shoot yeah. that thing.
0: Yeah, Kobe goes Kobe go shoot it. <laughs> yeah. That's That's that about that my
1: you know, I didn't start to, yeah, to Kobe until
0: until like the end of his career.
1: Sadly. Bro I appreciated Kobe with the fro when I was young. And then, as I started to like watch basketball, you know the media, man. Like I said, I'm a LeBron guy, man. Oh nine, oh eight, oh two thousand ten. Go to Miami. They gonna right. they they drew them. To, they made them apart. So it was like, if you like one, you can't like the other. Right. And I didn't I didn't start to you know have my own fandom and be able to fall into different players and stuff until I had my own mind. You know what I mean? I wasn't so influenced by the media. Right. So yeah, now to a point where I got multiple stars. But Kobe was just in that era where I had to hate Paul Pierce, bro. I had to hate Kobe. I couldn't bang with them I dudes like I should have. I couldn't bang with them dudes like I should have at their age, yeah. at a young age. Yeah.
0: Well, man, it was good talking to you today, man. I, I'm I'm must say, man, you're great, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, you're a professional talker. Like, you can talk. And you, and you, and you can talk, and you've got the information to back it up. And you can articulate that information very well. Like, that GOAT conversation that you just had with me, I've never heard some of those points before. And I watch sports media every
1: day and i i don't even watch LeBron. to a point now i can't i don't even watch lebron like they're talking about what happened last night i'll watch it just because they're gonna give a funny opinion because skill and yeah. skill and shannon the best show to me undisputed is the funniest one but i just can't watch that goat debate no more because they just say they gonna say this first of all they say the same thing over and over again and then second of all they don't have all of the facts that they don't say everything they need to say especially i'm ashamed i, I put a lot of shame on people like chris broussard and Stephen A. They always say I'm the old school guy that you know <laughs> I've been kicking balls since the barbershop days. Yeah. But y'all always say the same thing. Y'all don't even Stephen A. Just to a point now when you talk about the goal, he just say it's nothing LeBron can do to pass Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan is what I watch and that's just period. He don't even give his reasoning no more. Like I'm gonna t- tell I'm, you, I don't I don't like that stuff, bro. I, I need education. You gotta educate people that's not knowledgeable, bro. I'm gonna
0: tell you, Nick
1: Wright. Nick Wright has the best. Oh my
0: god. He he gives the best GOAT debates when it comes to LeBron because you know how you you know how you just broke down something that I never heard before? Nick right be doing that. <laughs> Nick right, I like Nick right. You don't like Nick Wright, do you? I can see it in your face. I,
1: I I don't like Nick Wright. I don't like Nick Wright because some of the points that he made me so oblivious, bro. Like it'd be like, come on, bro. I know you you making LeBron fans look bad when you say something. Like some of the stuff he say, he make it sound like LeBron can't do no wrong. And it's a lot of times, bro, I've seen LeBron give up on his team straight up. And I'll say that, bro. I'm a LeBron fan. That's my number one player, bro. Yeah. Like, that's the play. I've seen him give up on teams. Yeah. I've seen him not, not give his all. Uh-huh. I've seen him, you know, stop playing defense for two whole seasons in Cleveland, those last two years in Cleveland. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and, and, I, and, and when he did wrong and people call him out on his stuff, I say, hey, man, I can't defend that, but Bron's still my guy. I'm still rocking with it. You feel me? Yeah. But Nick, Nick Wright make it seem like Bron can't do no wrong, but that's the only thing I don't like, man. But when he say, who's the better player? Well, LeBron shoot better from three. He shoot better from two. You know, he's, he can guard one through five. You know, he got more points, more rebounds, more assists, more playoff points, more playoff rebounds, more playoff assists, more playoff steals. He got more of this. He got more of that. He shoot better this, that, that. <laughs> my, bro, Michael Jordan individually is the better player. When you just take the player in a nutshell, which player is better at their best? Michael Jordan is so? a better player, bro. You
0: think yes, so?
1: bro. 30, bro. Listen, I'm gonna just give you the raw numbers. 30, 6, 5 rebounds, six, six, rebounds, five assists, three steals, a block, shooting 50% from the field and 85 from the free throw. LeBron is 27, 7, and at 7. Best? That's his best. That's, That's his best numbers, 27. Bro, LeBron, I just gave you Michael Jordan's average. 30, 6, and 5. This is LeBron's average. 27, 7 and 7. A steal and a half. Nearly a block. 50% from the field. He is slightly better from 3, but he's terrible from the free throw compared to Mike. Mike is 85. LeBron is like 73% from the free throw career. So, like, they're similar. When people make it seem like LeBron is just so much more versatile than Mike, he can do more stuff on the floor. That is a complete lie, bro. Michael Jordan was quick as a cat, and he can jump like a, a... uh, jump out the gym, bro. Right. You know what it is? People just, a,
0: uh, like, I know for me, I I didn't grow up watching. You, shit, you, you didn't grow up watching me, either, but, like, you know. Yeah. You, know, you got to go
1: back and watch it.
0: Yeah. Like, and I, study, I didn't grow up watching see. Michael Jordan day in, day out, you know, so.
1: They're similar, bro. They're similar in terms of the impact that they bring to the floor. Mike is a better scorer. Obviously, LeBron is a better passer, but Mike is a better defender. Mike is a way better defender than than LeBron James. LeBron is a more versatile defender. He got more skill in in defense. But Mike is a more polarizing, game-changing defender individually. And, and and, you know, people try to make, like I said, Mike the best individual. LeBron was slightly less of a player. But how long he's lasting is what's making him more great. You feel me?
0: Okay. All right. Well, like I said, man, it was good talking to you today, man. Um, You're great at what you do. I'd be learning a lot by watching your videos. Uh, I wish you nothing but success, and um, I definitely plan to have you back on.
1: You know, definitely have you back on. Uh, so yeah, what man. You- so oh, go ahead, go ahead. I want to say one more thing, man. What's I want to shout out. I want to shout out to the Valve Cultivator Network, man. My boy Ryan doing this thing, really trying to grow and um, create his own lane, man. That's the main thing I support. I love to see guys on an independent wave. And anybody from Norfolk, you know, I got the most support for them. Y'all get out there, y'all follow the Facebook page, um, y'all follow the Instagram page, y'all tune in. Um, I see you just got on um, uh, what's, on Patreon. I'm going to subscribe to that, bro, right after the episode for sure, bro. I'm definitely going to lock Man. in. And, and, and I ain't forget, bro, I ain't forget the Patreon subscription and stuff. So y'all just make sure y'all hop in. Y'all subscribe to the Risky Powerhouse on YouTube. Follow the Risky Powerhouse on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Get in the Facebook group and, you know, get active, man. We out here trying to do it, and we can't do it without y'all's support. And, and, bro, I'm going to send you a screenshot of a post I made to your Facebook group, bro, because that was the real important message, man, because I've seen you trying, and I've seen a lot of people getting in the group, and they wasn't really, you know, giving their all. You know what I mean? And if you're really getting in the group because of, who, you, who they know you are and who they know you to be and the true love that they have for you as a person. You know, they would want to be one of those people that get your ground, your core, set of following up. You know, even if they can't watch every video, sit through every 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever the case may be, yeah. it's nothing for people to stop by, like the video, drop a comment, and just help you get those views and get those the activity up on your page. You know what I mean? So, you know, all that stuff go a mile. If you think you're just an individual that... Your like and your comment not going to go far. It go farther than you think and it really helped us out a lot. So y'all support the Vibe Cultivator Network on YouTube. Y'all support the Risky Powerhouse on YouTube, man. And yeah, man, we out of here. I appreciate you having me on the show, bro. I really do. My man, my man. All right, man. VCTV uh, signing off, signing off.